Welcome to our second episode of Proof of Concept. Uh, this is the podcast tech show where we explore real live use cases from the field and discuss some of the hottest questions and the hottest technology in data science and AI. I'm your host, Grant Case. And as always is my partner in crime here, Alex Hubert from hey, Singapore Grant. is with me. Hey, Alex, how you doing? I'm good. How are you today? Uh, could be better in here in Sydney. We're we're trying to stay out of the lockdown. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, hopefully so, we end up soon. Yeah. So, so Alex, today's uh, discussion is all about this thing called Feature Store. Uh, we're hearing a lot about it. There's a lot of technology uh, techinistas talking about what a Feature Store is. It, you know, you can't walk into a conf virtual conference at this point in time and not have somebody talking about it. So, uh, the first question we always ask here on Proof of Concept is. Cool stuff with this technology. You know, before we even discuss what it is, what can you do with a feature store? Yeah, I mean, once again, if we if we're putting ourselves in the shoes of um, end user customer, what are the services that you use on a day to day basis that requires a lot of predictive analytics and a very specific type of predictive analytics? Anything that is live. Um, and we will expand on, on that in a, in a second. The, the, the difficulty in making live prediction is the context around you can pretty quickly, pretty rapidly. And therefore that makes the, the quality of the prediction a little bit harder to stay, to, to keep as high as possible. Because once again, the weather can be changing. Your position on the map can be changing. A lot of different parameters can be changing. Um, and ultimately, the feature store is helping a lot of organizations to do a lot of predictive analytics live on the fly um, and once again uh, at scale. A very good example of that is um, Uber, who actually was probably the, the first one to uh, describe extensively how they use feature stores uh, in, their, uh, in, their, uh, in their engineering team. Um, and they they explain how they use um, a system called Michelangelo, essentially, to do a lot of live prediction of Uber Eats and where they should expect spikes in demands, spike for some specific type of meals or restaurant, ultimately to serve their customer better. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, kind of the interesting thing about feature stores is really uh, how can I enable a set of data scientists to iterate very, very quickly? Uh, had a wonderful example reading up uh, by one of our uh, DataIQ clients that in effect implemented a feature store so that they could start rapidly trying out different uh, models with different engineering inputs. That whole concept of the feature store, being able to take different components, try them very, very quickly, deploy models, like you said, for that real-time uh, processing, and then ultimately do A-B testing, you know, blue-green, whatever, uh, canary, to try to understand like what's the value here and then be able to move on. So if I look at kind of that feature store, that cool stuff, like the fact that we all, you know, at least here in Australia, Uber's everywhere and that I Uber everywhere, you know, 
it's the proof is in what they've been able to bring to us. And a lot of that has to do with their ability as an organization to quickly uh, predict what's going on, where demand is happening. And I can't think of a better way of introducing a set of technologies than to say, hey, you know that thing you use in your phone every day? <laughs> That's what's doing it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. So, so we've talked a little bit about what cool stuff we could do with feature stores, but always we've got to be able to explain it. So uh, we'd like to talk about Eli five, my CEO. So explain it like it's five to my CEO, Alex. Yeah. I'm going to walk in. I'm going to talk to my CEO. What is a feature store and why should he give me or her give us money to do it? Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. It's, it's very important to be able to put it into a context that's, that's uh, digestible for as many people as possible. Right. And, Feature store, it can be a very intimidating uh, word and, and, and concepts. Um, I also started that example by talking about making live predictions. Uh, but in practice, a lot of organizations are not even using it for, for live prediction because in practice, a feature store is a very old concept. It's something as simple as making sure that you can compute features for machine learning purposes, obviously, um, automatically so that your data scientists are not going to retrain those features, uh, spend too much time to develop those features, maintain them because you write the logic once and then the feature store is going to be there to recompute all those features automatically ultimately when you have a new set of data so that your data scientists are building models with the freshest set of features, let's say. So nothing really rocket science. It's, mm. it's, a, it's a scheduler on top of a database, on top of logic codes, uh, yeah, codes and, and logic to compute features, essentially, for machine learning purposes. So I was talking to Brian King. He was uh, an individual I work with at Servian uh, here in Australia. He made a great analogy. Uh, so think of your team of data scientists and you were looking for a specific apple and you were looking at this huge jungle uh, or it's banana or some sort of fruit and way out there and, you know, on the second mountaintop, there is fruits I can pick that's a feature. What would be easier going into the jungle to find that one specific piece of fruit that might be the freshest fruit you can find, but I could just as easily go into a grocery store and I have all of the apples. I have all of the oranges. I have all the different banana varieties and types and I can pick what I need. And if I don't like it, I could put it back. Yep. That to me is the benefit and the power of the feature store for the data scientist, for the machine learning engineer, they can pick what they need and then they don't, they're not having to try to truck out and find what they need. Yeah, yeah clearly it's, it's uh, uh, once again, the, the, the value of it is uh, you just standardize the way you are going to serve features through your analytics team. Again, we make, we make a huge focus on, the data science people, but it can also be useful for people that are, you know, 
gearing more towards even a bit of descriptive analytics, right? A, a huge mm -hmm. problem for people that were doing descriptive analytics is that they have to do data prep, right? So they have to have mm -hmm. some uh, data set that are potentially not clean at all, potentially not enriched. You can definitely uh, handle all that enrichment, that cleaning process through a feature store so that these people can focus in um, finding the right outcome for the business, answering the right business questions through dashboardings, um, and, and, and once again, making sure that, that people can, can act on those insights. And if you're a data scientist, yeah, like, great, of course, you want to build models, uh, but we all know that your models have to be fed with the right features. They have to be built rigorously um, following some strong statistical and scientific uh, processes, uh, what if you make a mistake? If you make a mistake, all of a sudden your model is going to be impacted. All of a sudden the business is ultimately down the line going to be impacted. That's the value that the feature store is bringing on the table. I mean, one part of the value that the, the feature store yeah. is bringing on the table. Yeah. And if you have a, some insights or like some comments about feature store, Join us on LinkedIn or YouTube uh, and follow us there. And we'd love to hear your comments around this because obviously we're not the, always the experts, but we hopefully can get some more information from you as an audience. So you mentioned something there and it's time to dovetail into our next topic and segment. And that's really around compare and contrast. So uh, you started to do it a little bit earlier there, Alex, but kind of compare and contrast, you know, this technology of a feature store. What is it, you know, what do we compare it to? What, what is it, what are we thinking about it? It's, it's actually pretty hard to compare this one to, to, to something because it's a, it's technically speaking a relatively new concept. Now, if you put yourself in the grand scheme of things, once again, it's, it's not new at all. You can compare it to the good old scheduler uh, that you could have been using a while back. So technically speaking, a cron tab uh, managing the right Python uh, jobs, the right SQL routines on your database can be assimilated to a feature store. Now, the feature store is... Um, um, helping by, by bringing up a, a lot of, uh, a lot of extra feature on top of that, especially from a, a machine learning purposes. What is really important is to be able to replicate, uh, your experiments. So you want to version control the data that you have used, for instance. Uh, that's the value that the, the feature store is going to, is going to add, uh, in comparison to a simple scheduler that is just running jobs and routines, um, automatically. When an event is, is triggering it, uh, once again, from a, a regulatory pers perspective, a governance perspective, you have to know which data you have used, which features you have built, and the ability to version those features is extremely important to replicate those experiments over time and making sure that, hey, uh, I've just received that request from the regulator or from that specific customer to explain to me why um, I was denied that loan, for instance, I can replay the experiment, I can retrain the model, I can um, consistently consistently arrive to the same results, uh, and that's 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 of a huge value for for organization in a in a world where we add so much from uh, we add 
ask sorry so much from uh, machine learning and and um, and predictive applications. Yeah. So, if I think about kind of comparing and contrasting over my career, uh, I'll take you way, 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 way back uh, to two thousand two, two thousand three. Uh, I was working for a company called Royal Bank of Canada Builder Finance, and each month we had to build a report, and it was called Line Detail Report. And Line Detail basically at any point in time would tell us everything about the portfolio on a loan-by-loan basis. Yeah. And we could run it for every month. So and internally within the month, sometimes we would uh, take snapshots. So that concept of that denormalized table that told us everything about a particular uh, property at any point in time, I look as kind of the analog or the forerunner of a lot of what we talk about when we're talking about uh, feature stores. It's that ability at uh, to point at any point in time, understand exactly what was happening with a uh, with an entity, that entity yep. could be your customer. It could be uh, an asset. It could be, you know, some sort of property, like in the case of us or a loan. But that being able to pinpoint that mountain time and all of those different uh, aspects of that entity is what lended its power. Yep. So you know, I don't look at it as necessarily anything new. I no, look no, at it not. as. It's not. So it, we're taking the different components and we're putting them together into something that is new. So it's the catalog, it's the scheduling, it's yeah. the periodicity, et cetera, so that we get something and hey, all be for us. It means I can call a car right now from Uber to get Uber here in five minutes and take me into the city. Yeah. And and actually for me, the, the real value is is really the, the, the feature stories is that sort of glue or orchestration between all those concepts that we have used uh, specifically in some specific areas of the analytics journey, making sure that now everything is well packaged into one entity where you can quickly go in, go out, find what you're looking for, and then build uh, that predictive model or that piece of analytics that uh, is going to bring value for, for the organization. Yeah. So it's that time of the podcast again. Uh, how do we make money? How do we save money? Or how do we improve the customer experience, Alex, when it comes to feature stores? So if we we have to go justify, hey, I want a feature store. Uh, yes, you've told me what it is, but what is it going to do for us? So what is a feature store? I think kind of the easy layup is it helps me kind of build models. But what's beyond that? How can I save money? How can I make money? How can I improve the customer experience with a feature store? Yeah, so so first of all, I I I I don't want to tone down the importance of how easier it could be for you to build models. Uh, once again, I'm I'm not trying to say that the feature store should be the de facto for everything. You you have to look into your business, understand exactly what you're doing. Because to go back to your example about the jungle. If anyway, there is no uh, store at proximity, well, maybe your only solution is hunting. And if you're a startup, for instance, maybe looking into a feature store is way too early and that's not something very useful for you. But if you're a big organization, well, you have to manage teams of tens, potentially hundreds of data scientists. You have to make sure that they consistently use the right tool, the right set of data, the right set of information and in the right way, 
so that anything that you put out there is going to be of value for the organization. That governance piece, that can take a lot of time for you, making sure that they are doing the right thing, but also for these people, uh, when they join uh, the team, uh, having to learn about the data, how to compute some specific features. Essentially, the feature store help the data scientist himself to be more productive, once again, in a, in a very specific type of organization, so much more productive, but it also removes a lot of the burden of having to check how things were done and, and ultimately you can put something out there valid that has been validated much quicker. So the real added value for the organization is, is I can trust what I have built and I can put it out there uh, much faster to enjoy the ROI uh, that I'm going to get out of it. Uh, that's that's one way of looking at it. I'm sure you have uh, you have a different perspective on it. No, I, I completely agree when it comes to that. Uh, it's that productivity gain. Um, I look at it also as how can you know how can let's talk a little bit about how do we keep uh, some of our employees happy and you know some of the yeah. most expensive employees out there are the data scientists and if uh, we've learned anything, uh, it's not fun to do a lot of uh, you know data data engineering work. I look at the feature store as being able to give uh, these data scientists the ability to do what they love, which is try to you know run experiments. It's not trying to necessarily you know drill out the data out of your systems, but how can I start to you know experiment on the data that's already prepared for me? And that's going to keep people around longer uh, inside of the organization. And also it basically will help with the institutional knowledge. Because if I've developed these sorts of items, then guess what? Uh, if Alex moves on, I always say, you don't get hit by a bus, you win the lottery and Alex leaves tomorrow. At least I know what Alex was working on and how he was putting it together in the feature store is what uh, is part of that glue. And, and ultimately, and it's, it's very interesting what you're seeing here, ultimately the, the feature store is going to be much more useful for data ops team, data engineering team that are going to use that to serve a population of data scientists, data analysts. It's really a tool that, that you, you should consider that tool really if first and foremost, you feel like your data engineering team or your data ops team receive a lot of requests um, have a lot of struggle to um, to to just simply serve the data the right way to the rest of the analytics organization. All right, I couldn't set it better myself. So uh, we're at the final uh, segment of our uh, proof of concept podcast. Hopefully, you you're getting a little bit more. And so, how do you save money, make money, or uh, improve the customer experience with a feature store? Let us know. Uh, follow us on LinkedIn or uh, follow us on YouTube. Love to see your comments uh, from the audience and bring it here into the podcast. Uh, so, our final segment here, predictions. Alex, mm-hmm. what are we going to be talking about? You know, what's the future hold for feature stores? I'm, I'm, uh, th- this one, this one is a tough one. I remember we talked about Kubernetes a while back. Um, I'm pretty positive that Kubernetes is going to be around for a long time. A feature store should be around for a long time, but is it going to be called a feature store? 
I don't know because once again, it, it used to be called a, a cron job. I mean, it's a bit controversial to say that a cron job was was a feature store, but the core ideas of automating uh, a set of logic uh, that is going to build um, more refined features for your analytics team is a core idea, central idea of building AI at scale within the enterprise. Right now, it belongs to something called a feature store, but what if we come with a better framework in two, three, four, five years? And I wouldn't be surprised that we come with a, with a better framework and all of a sudden the feature store is, is outdated. What, what really matters to me in that, in that prediction is for sure in three, four, five years, 10 years, you will still have that problem of I receive a lot of data, I need to process them and I need to bring those refined process data as quickly as possible to my data scientist, my machine learning engineer, so that they can derive some de- derive some value from 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 those data. Right now, the feature store is going to help accelerate that. Is this going to be the case in five years? I don't know. Yeah, um, I I tend to agree. I'm probably a little bit more bullish than I was, even if you had talked to me about a year ago. And a lot of that has to do with some of the conversations I've had. Uh, with organizations who have implemented the features, uh, the feature store concept. And I call it more of a concept because I don't think it's a tool. I know micro or Amazon has AWS SageMaker feature studio. Uh, uh, Databricks has been talking about it. Logical clocks, uh, Tekton, which you were talking earlier, the Uber, uh, the folks that developed uh, Michelangelo at Uber spun out uh, into Tekton, uh, Google Feast, etc. I kind of agree in that the concept is going to keep with us for quite some time. I think the concept, my question becomes, how does that concept morph? Uh, do I think we're going, you're going to buy a feature store, right? No, I think the concept of a feature store and maybe even the retention of that name will start being consumed into different technologies. So for example, I could effectively build a feature store in Snowflake or I could build a feature store in Synapse, or I could build a feature store in ADLS uh, in ADLS buckets using Azure Blob Storage. I don't think the feature store itself as a product is probably long for this world. I don't think we'll be all saying, well, I should go buy a feature store. I think it's just going to be a, another part of an offering from a much larger, uh, to, from a large much larger platform or tooling perspective. It's going to be, hey, this is the feature store portion of my AI ML platform, or this is the feature store component that's directly attributable to my cloud analytic database. So in that sense, I think it's gonna stick around. Um, In fact, if you think about it, uh, the forerunning of this has been probably as you said earlier, it's Chrome jobs back to the 1980s, right? So we were generating green green screens on Unix, generating uh, reports on dot matrix printers. Uh, but ultimately, I think it's you know it's something that's going to stick and it's proving valuable. The question is, you know, will we know it as a feature store? Hmm, I kind of agree with you. I'm not sure it'll be uh, as a as a tool or a platform or a product you buy, I'm not sure if it'll be there or not. Yeah, and, and and your point around 
it being part of a broader offering, especially from cloud vendors. Yeah, if I had to put some uh, some some money somewhere, it it would probably be there, or either the cloud the cloud vendors or probably Snowflake. Well, I guess yeah. we'll see. Yeah, we will see. Uh, that's the great thing about predictions. You get them all for free here on the Proof of Concept podcast or your money back. So uh, I want to thank you, Alex, uh, for Thanks, joining man. us from Singapore. Uh, and thanks you for listening to us here on the Proof of Concept podcast. Please stay tuned for upcoming episodes. Uh, follow us on Data IQ link and LinkedIn. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We would love to hear from you, our audience. So Thank you so much. Thanks, Alex, from Singapore. I'm Grant Case here in Sydney. Thanks. See you soon and have a great day. Bye.